another day. All right, let's ride. your favorite early 90s hip-hop record and that should fit right in there with that that's the vibe i was going for but welcome to no playing this ride podcast number 67 i am blackout i do this thing once a week try to give it to you either late sunday night early monday morning you should probably listen to a monday morning on your way to work add me in your rotation somewhere throughout the week but that's what i would do if i was you but this is the no playing this ride podcast and i got a few things I want to holla at y'all about one most important happy black history month keep digging in the crates of, of black history and finding out about people that you don't really think about people that aren't really on the i guess the surface of it digging in malcolm x though because he seems to get missed because of his somewhat radical views but they don't tell you about the growth of malcolm x but digging in malcolm x because they don't teach you about him in school just if anything watch the movie the movie will teach you something. If you don't want to read anything or go look for article, watch the movie. Or or if you got something like title, or even maybe on Apple, you can go listen to his speeches. Or go to YouTube, listen to his speeches, and see what the guy was talking about. Malcolm X, he's the truth. Anyway, I miss football already. I know it's February, we fresh off the Super Bowl, another Patriots win, go figure, but I already miss football. I really do. It's not as much trade drama like there is something now going on with ab and shit but there's not so much drama as there's going on with the nba right now the nba shit going on right now is crazy but in football it's like hey man put on the pads hit the motherfucker score touchdowns that's what you got to do that's it most of the moves most of the moves happen in the off season where they don't really mess anything up the chemistry kind of stays the same and i miss it I miss it. A lot less games, but the game is usually, I mean, other than the Super Bowl, usually exciting to everybody who watches it. So I miss it already. I can't wait for football season to come back around. I'm going to have to go and um, look at some of these spring games. Hopefully FSU does their thing and they put on a good spring game. And um, that don't have to suffice for me right now. But I miss the NFL already. But sticking with sports, the NFL, they're all pro Shit sucks compared to NBA All-Star Weekend. NBA All-Star Weekend is usually off the chain. Now, this year, it was I think it was pretty cool, man. We had an unknown, to most people, unknown guy, Joe Harris, win the three-point competition. He smoked that bitch. Like, you would have never thought he's going to beat Steph and Devin Booker, but Joe Harris, who's making a name for himself out there in Brooklyn with the Nets, ended up shutting down the show. I think Steph lost a lot of steam or he went into it um, – too easy or maybe he got cold because he was the last one to go and then he still had to go after joe harris but hey shout out to joe harris for winning that and then um jason tatum man as much as i hate the celtics i can't help but think this kid i know this kid's gonna continue to be a star he's the truth and even though i hate the team he got drafted to there's no denying this young man's talent like why couldn't this guy came to the bulls why damn but he ended up winning the skills challenge on like a half-court toss. And oddly enough, the guy who shot the half-court shot against 
was the guy that you would expect to shoot that, which was Trey Young. But he ended up knocking it down and winning the battle of the highly light-skinned or possibly half-breeded individuals, if that's a, an acceptable term. If it's not too bad, it's out there. But Jason Tatum won that. And then the dunk contest was, um, I won't say it was boring. I'll just say that, guys, if you're going to dunk, dunk. Don't attempt something that you're going to have difficulty making because it takes a lot of the, I guess, the oomph or the pizzazz out of the dunk when you got to watch it three or four times before it finally gets accomplished. And the one, the one big thing about the dunk contest that's changed a lot is the reliance of um, slow-mo. Now, that changed a few years ago, but back in the day when I was watching it coming up, like, they weren't being judged off the slow motion. They're not judging you off the slow motion dunk. They're judging you off the right thing that you just dunked. Okay, we're rating your ass. You get five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever you get. After that, that's your rating. Now the judges sit there and they rewatch it on um, on slow motion as the replay. And I think a lot of the times they have to do that because these motherfuckers keep trying to do dunks they can't do. Like, you can't really compare a dunk contest when you have somebody like Zach Levine and they're going out, going out there crushing shit especially Zach Levine, who's making most of his dunks on the first try. Like, you can tell this shit is routine to him. When he goes up in there and does it, it's like he's been doing this shit for years already. He knows exactly how he wants to take off, where he wants to take off from, where he's going to place the ball if it's an alley-oop. He knows exactly what he's doing. These other guys, it's like they going out there and they just trying shit. They just trying it. And if you're going to wear somebody's jersey, don't miss your dunk. I forgot, um, I forgot homeboy's name. I think it's Miles Bridges. His dunk was cold, the one he actually made. If he'd have did that dunk first, he might have been better off. But he did pay some homage to um, Grandmama Larry Johnson since he was in Charlotte and he plays for Charlotte. Like, that dunk was probably really the dunk of the night. Now, my man Hamadou Diallo did dunk over Shaq, which is no small feat. He, he did a little push over, a little push off, off the shoulder. But Shaq is like 7-1, bro. 7-1, and he's not thin. He's a motherfucking brick. So for him to dunk over Shaq to me was impressive. And even though Dennis Smith Jr. had to try it a few times, he did eventually dump dunk over J. Cole. And this shit was hype. Like when you see it, like it's in slow-mo, it's great. But the dunks that are the best to me are the ones you don't have to see in slow-mo. As soon as you see it, you instantly know, okay, that was that shit. Just like that Vince Carter 360. Probably still my favorite dunk contest dunk of all time. You don't need to see it in the slow-mo to know that it's dope. The other guys, man, they're struggling. But the natural dunkers like Zach Levine that are going, they the truth. We need somebody else like that in the contest next year. I don't want to see either one of them again. They've already competed, man. You got to take care of your knees. And Zach Levine already blew out his damn ACL. You got to take care of your knees, man, and uh, work on your game. That's for the lead the dunk contest for the young guys. That's why the older guys don't participate anymore, but. All-Star Weekend was dope. I, I didn't get to see the All-Star Game because, quite honestly, it hasn't happened yet. I'm recording it before it starts, and I don't know who's going to win. I want to see Giannis' team win, though. I really do. I want to see his team win because it's time for LeBron to pass the torch, man. He's the best player in the NBA. and Giannis, who I think is probably the lead MVP candidate right now, up there with James Harden and uh, Paul George. He could be the guy. Now I think you got you can't skip over KD. KD's out here winning rings and just torturing people like LeBron in the finals. But we're going to see how it's weighted against him, like with the the team he's on and everything. 
And I think that's why he's not in the MVP running right now. Because Giannis has to do more because of the team he's on. But it looks good. The East is getting more competitive, man. And a new development happened, um, keeping with the NBA. They're trying to do NBA Africa. So they're trying to start an African league, which I think is super dope. You do something over there to unify all those countries and spread the game of basketball further into the continent of Africa. I think it's great, man. I don't doubt that it's largely, you know, due to them trying to monetize it and maybe even use it as like a a lower tier to potentially shift a lot of those guys to the G League over in the States and then eventually to the pros. But we'll see based on the amount of infrastructure they put into it where they're planning on taking this league. And it's going to... It shouldn't be too hard. Like, I don't know which countries are going to participate. You know, each country has their different feelings and regimes and how they do things over there. But it's going to be interesting to see how this happens. And I think 2020 is when they're looking at getting it started, man. And that's it's going to be a sight to see. But I, I just really hope that it, it goes off well. Now, that's going to be difficult. It's obviously it's a new league, different country, different rules, a lot of cultural things they got to work out. But if it goes well, it goes well, and it gives a boost to the economy of those countries that it's involved in, and it'll bring people together. So I think it's a it's a great thing. On to the to the real shit, man. It's an emergency, man. We need this wall. According to forty five, we need this wall. And my man just now decided that that it's an emergency, and I'm not familiar this way of utilizing the word emergency when you say that you would do it like a month out and then it becomes emergent. Like, no, Flint was a motherfucking emergency. The shit that happened in Houston with the hurricane, that's an emergency. Puerto Rico, that's an emergency. Shit, Katrina, that's an emergency. That's when shit you shut the government, you fuck up the government's money for. Now you're taking from military construction in order to get this fucking wall built. And you don't know if it's going to be effective. Like, there's barriers in place. I know I said it before, but there's barriers in place. The people that have been illegally crossing the border have been finding ways to get past these barriers for years. So while you're planning on developing this wall and building this wall, they're going to be planning on ways to get across from it. And if you, even if you're talking about the drug dealers getting the drugs across, which I believe most of them do legally anyway, they're going to be researching ways to get past this wall as you're fucking building it doesn't make sense it's just crazy what people consider an emergency these days like because you fucked up you tried to shut the government down you starved people and this is the crazy thing you fucked people's money up to fit your own agenda and then you ended up losing and caving in anyway like an asshole and now you're gonna fuck up some money that you don't even really have because that money's allocated for something else so now you're gonna take away from something else to build something that's useless but my question is, like I said last time, who's getting the contracts for this? Where's this money coming from? Who's this money going to? I know where the money's coming from. Who's this money going to? Who really benefits from this wall being built? That's what I want to know. Where's this money going to? That you're so adamant about getting this shit done. That, and that's the crazy thing about it. It's like, there's no other alternative. You lay it off of it for a while. Somebody spoke back up about it. Then you got all up in arms about the wall again and shit. It's like, when is reality going to play a part in the decision-making? 
that's another question I have. Where is common sense and reality playing into this decision-making process? Because it doesn't seem to make sense. You furlough people. You don't get what you want. Nancy Pelosi is crushing you right now. You lose again. And now you take another loss, which you should be used to by now, with the wall. None of this shit makes sense. That's the only part about it that makes sense is that it doesn't make sense because look who it's coming from. And people got the nerve to still try to defend this shit. You motherfuckers been living by these border towns this whole time and ain't mentioned a breath about a goddamn wall. People from Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, California, wherever. The people that agree with this shit, they've had presidents their whole lives they never mentioned shit by no goddamn wall. Not because idiot box said it, y'all all on board. We need the wall. Okay. Like, you don't sound like half an asshole. And you got fucking Putin on TV doing judo throws and shit, and you over here bitching by the goddamn wall. Flint, fix the fucking water. Impress me. Fix the water. Hunger. Fix hunger in the country. Reach down to the governments in these, these are the governments and the governors in these states and fix the violence. Stop the drug trafficking. You want to call an emergency for some shit? Do that. The prison, you know, the, 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 the fucking, um, I'm mixing my words up because I'm getting mad. The fucking school, the prison pipeline, that's a goddamn emergency. Fix that shit. The shit makes me sick. Then, then I'm, I'm looking at certain shit and um, I'm just catching the window of other news. And, you know, it's just the pick and roll, man. You, you see one thing, you get another. Like, they, they throw something in front of your face. Meanwhile... They dishing off the rocks so somebody can score and get points. And I'm looking at a report about Ivanka Trump, how they told her to shut down her brand and shit. But you know what? She just got four more trademarks in China. Child care centers, sunglasses, wedding dresses. I mean, come on, man. She has a, a fucking fundraising art valuation services all over in China. And what that equates to is money. As soon as she leaves, money. Trademarks equal bread. And who's constantly talking with China right now? Her pops. Come on, man. It's like they throw the shroud over your eyes, man, so you can't see what's really going on. All the countries these motherfuckers connected with, there's money involved. Exxon, Mobile, the oil company, Putin, Russia. Russia took over the oil company for the uh, for the country over there. They took it over. It's a big ass country, big ass company over there. Country said, "Give me that." So they're trying to get the Exxon Mobil deal to go through, but the sanctions fucked that all up. It's like you got. If you pay attention to it, you put sanctions on China, but your daughter's over there getting trademark deals. Like, did you really? Are we really expected to believe this shit? But this is what they keep feeding us, the bullshit about the wall. The one great thing is, one great thing about all this shit is that um, anytime when Donald Trump and Ann Coulter are arguing with each other, it's a good time. Because apparently she made some remarks he didn't, he didn't appreciate or he wasn't really thinking about. He said he don't really talk to her when it came to um, the, the immigration policies or whatever. And... 
she was on the radio somewhere and said the only emergency we have is that our president is an idiot, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> because whether you like Ann Coulter or not, she stuck to what she said. She's a one-issue voter, and that issue was immigration. Now, while I don't like a lot of what she says, I still try to listen to what she says because there's been times where she shut people down, even when she was talking to Raven Simone. And Raven Simone said that dumb shit on the view, and Ann Coulter made her look stupid. Because Raven Simone was shitting on black people. It's a wild state of affairs, man. But I'm here for that. I want to see that Twitter feud for sure. I'm mad. I need to go back and check because I probably missed some shit, man. I probably missed it. But that's the type of shit that's going on in the country right now. Another emergency, which I don't know if it's an emergency, but Jesse Smollett. I don't know what the fuck's going on with this kid. I kept seeing his name in the news. I heard something about him on the Joe Button podcast and shit. And, um... Apparently, this kid was attacked in Chicago, and it was a, supposed to be a hate crime. What was first reported is that they were wearing MAGA hats and calling him, shouting out racial slurs and, I think, homophobic slurs at him and shit. And then, apparently, they put a noose around his neck, and then they poured a chemical on him. That was the first report that came out. Okay, damn, that's fucked up. He was leaving Subway or some shit early in the morning. He, I guess he was out being grown, doing grown people shit. And he got attacked. I'm like, damn, that's fucked up. Like, who would attack? Like, I understand these this shit like this happens. But it just happened to be a famous person. I was like, did they target him because he's famous? Wow, that's fucked up. And then I, I see something about uh, it's sketchy. And then here comes another report where they're saying the authorities in Chicago believe that he orchestrated the shit. The two brothers who are the guys who they have which I thought the assailants were white, but apparently they're black because these motherfuckers was just about to come to, they just came back from Nigeria. And what the two brothers are saying is that he paid them $3,500 and they rehearsed the shit for days before the actual attack. So they attacked dude, got on the plane, went to Nigeria, and then came the fuck back. And when they came back, they they got arrested at the airport. Their crib had been raided, shit thrown everywhere. And I'm just thinking, like, damn. Now, if I just beat up, bugged, put the noose around the neck, and poured bleach on somebody who's on fucking TV on Empire, which is a, a huge show on Fox that I don't watch, but it's a huge show. I'll give it that. It's, a, it's supposed to be a really big show. I'm thinking, like, why would you fly to Nigeria and come the fuck back. Like, nigga, I'm out. I'm not staying for this shit. Like, I just beat up a celebrity. I'm not finna stay here. I'm not finna come back to deal with this shit. I'm out. I'm not coming back home. Fuck that. Fuck Chicago. I'm dipping. I don't need it that bad. But with all the shit going on with security and all that stuff in the airports, now, you know, maybe the furlough, they, they could have slid through, but I'm just saying, if I flee, if I leave the country, after beating up a celebrity, it doesn't make sense for me to try to fly back and come back to this. Nah, I'm out. I'm not coming back. CNN is talking about this shit. This ain't no regular crime. There's no way I would come back. So, I don't know, man. Um, I'm just saying it seems a bit sketchy. That's all I'm saying. It seems a bit sketchy. But they do say... A lot of crimes are committed by people you know. Like crime is, like this crime's an opportunity. Oh, I did this because I knew him. I knew his routine. This and the third, some shit like that happened to my folks growing up. Somebody came in and broke into our house and they stole an item from each of us. 
all four of us in the house, they stole some shit that each of us cared about. They stole like a Michael Jordan jersey from me, stole my dad's TV, stole something from my mom, and stole one thing from my brother. So we knew the person who did it. We just didn't know who the fuck it was. Because if we did, my pops probably would have shot him. Anyway, though. Back to this Justy Smiler shit. Apparently, one of the people, one of the purported suspects that were purported suspects was a personal trainer who he hired to get him ready for a fucking video shoot. That's who they think one of the guys was. So, so they're disappointed to hear that he probably had a role in it. But still, to me, that would not make sense for somebody who knows you who's that close to you would do that to you, expect to get away with it, leave the country, and then come back. Then there's talking about he left the noose on for hours or whatever. I'm like, nigga, I'm getting in the shower. If you poured a chemical on me, like, it may not be the right thing to do, but I'm getting in the shower. Now, if... Glad, glad it didn't happen. If he was sexually assaulted, to me it would make sense for him to like not clean himself or take off clothes and some shit like that. Like I want to keep all the evidence, or whatever. But my nigga, you're not getting fingerprints off a rope unless there's something about crime that I don't fucking know. Never in the history of me watching CSI, Law and Order, none of that shit has ever gotten a fingerprint off a goddamn rope. That's been my personal experience with life. I don't know that to be true, but like the story, the longer it goes on, the, the fishier it sounds. And I don't want to question a crime, especially like a fucking hate crime committed against a black person. I really don't. But I have to question it in this age of doing it for the gram and the algorithm when you have a big name like that. The name Smiler is already cemented in Hollywood on a lower scale, but you know the name. There's a bunch of them. They had like a TV show back in the day. So you know that name. And then with him being on this show, he's got to be popular. He's got probably got a nice, robust social media following. Especially with him being black and a member of the LBGTQXYZ, Element of P. I don't know the rest of the letters, but with him being a part of that, he's going to have a following. Because the LBGT community, they don't fuck around. They support the people that represent them well. And the reason why I have an issue with this is, if it's false, you discredit everybody else reporting hate crimes, black and homosexual. Fucking period. Especially as a, um, as a celebrity. You discredit all that shit. So that to me is mind blowing. And that's what makes me want to feel like this, this is real. Like he didn't do this. I want to, I really want to lean that way, but I gotta, I gotta have questions because what you're doing is going to fuck up the credibility of everybody else. And I guess he thought this shit, like, I guess the thinking would be like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to blow over, they'll get it over, we'll get away with it. And that's why I don't understand because he think they would get away with it and that this would blow over in the media and it wouldn't be a big thing. That's why to me it wouldn't make sense for him to orchestrate it. I don't know. Maybe some things, like I tell people, some things ain't for me to understand. You just got to hear it, and you got to move the fuck on. But that shit there was wild. We'll see what happens in the end with that, but God damn, Jesse, it's an emergency. 
it's an emergency. Take the goddamn rope off, call the police immediately, get the chemical off your body, something. You ain't taking samples or whatever the fuck. I don't know. Um, something else I want to talk to you guys about real quick. We talk a lot about, well, I talk a lot about on this politics or whatever and about the current commander-in-chief and everything. I, I speak on that to a degree, I say, a lot. And because of uh, the way I look at things and the way things are going, it's like it's wild that he's there, but then it's not surprising now once I look at it. Because I, I said about it a while ago, it's like you clear out the middleman and now you got the people that were lobbying for laws to get made. Now you have them in office. And I was talking to somebody about this. I don't remember who it was, but just like how important voting is when you look at shit like something as small as like fucking renting an apartment and how they can they can charge you fucking thousands of dollars for a carpet when it maybe it only costs $300 to repair the apartment for the, the carpet in the apartment, but they can charge you thousands of dollars because they can. And it's because it's a, there's a law. There's a law. The little everyday shit people don't think about. Like, damn, I'm getting hit with this, with these charges for X, Y, and Z. Yeah, there's a law for that. And the reason these laws are in effect is because, well, they got voted into effect and it's not seen as unconstitutional. It's legal. So if you pay attention to the laws, especially like the local laws, it will, it will affect national law. So that's why you have to, to pay attention when you vote. Because the little everyday, the mundane shit that affects you that you don't realize, somebody else is benefiting from that. Anytime you got to pay an extra little bullshit fee, anytime you feel like you're forking out more money than you should for whatever service, it's because there are people are allowed to charge you whatever for whatever legally because of the law. There's little shit you don't like, little, what's the word, idiosyncrasies, all the little stupid shit you don't like, there's a law for it. That's why it still happens to you. So it's very important. And one thing I ask myself is like, what if majority vote really ruled? We say that like, especially in relation to like the electoral college. Let's say the electoral college didn't exist. And let's say we had a, a, a honest, a 100% honest political system. If majority really ruled, would it be a good or bad thing? Question mark. I don't know the answer. If you look at the demographics in the country, they shape a lot of the vote. And depending on where you live, my theory is people will continue to travel to places where like-minded people live. Like we do it now on a certain scale, but I think that scale will be a whole lot greater if the laws really, really reflected the majority of the people that live in these areas. If you look at California for where I live at right now, there's a lot of um there's some there's a lot of laws out here that that people don't like. They really don't like them. I would say a lot of conservative folks don't like a lot of the laws in California, but they still live here. If the majority rule, even less I'm talking about for like presidential elections, shit like that. If it really, really went into effect, I think people would really move to places where people are more like-minded because they want their vote to count. If you're in California 
and you want to vote conservatively in the presidential presidential election, more than likely your state's going to show up blue. You're not going to get the results you want. And when I say this because people usually like to stay in pockets where they feel comfortable, where they can have a conversation as much as possible and be unlimited in their speech, where they don't feel like they have to curtail their speech to, to fit the area they're in. And I believe that's why people, a lot of people stay where they're at most of their lives. Like you, people from Jacksonville, Florida, think a certain type of way. It just is what it is. It's like an accent. Like people from that area just that way unless they go out and look at certain things, whatever. And it could be from politics to sports to whatever, to food, taste, music, whatever. When you're in the pocket, when you're in the community and you don't get out of that bubble, you tend to be around a bunch of people that think the same way. And you can break that shit down to to the country, to the fucking states, the cities, and then neighborhoods, and then some neighborhoods, even blocks, to your group of friends. You can break it down that small, depending on how small your bubble is. But the minute you stick to that and you don't go outside of that, you miss out on the world. But if we talk about presidential, national elections, whatever, if that shit really came into effect where there's more, there's no electoral college, I feel like people would move. And I could be completely wrong. I could be completely wrong because California is still going to be a big state and they're going to carry a lot of fucking votes. But maybe if you increase the population somewhere else, you know what I mean? Maybe, or maybe I'm proving my own, proving against my own point. Maybe with no electoral college, people don't need to move. Maybe they'll stay where they're at and they'll just vote the way they vote. But we would certainly have a different president right now if the popular vote counted. And then what, what would be the trickle-down effect of that? With the popular, with the majority rule vote trickle down to where people start voting a certain way and then certain laws you don't approve of get put in place. What if they voted, you know, we want to bring back slavery. What if somebody proposed that? That came up on the bill. And because you know what? Wherever we're at or whatever the makeup of the country is at this point, whoever we identify as who's going to be the slaves, guess what? You're going back into slavery starting on this date. So you either leave the country or comply or we coming to get your ass. Your job, your house, your assets, all that shit is ours. You going back into slavery. We taking that shit. And this of course is not nothing that I wish to happen, but it just it would just be you know for for an experiment just to to throw it out there. What if majority really ruled? How much better would the country really be? Or do we really just complain when shit doesn't fit the narrative we want it to fit? Is that what it is? could be but it's just it's just an interesting thought I had and something else that came across my brain was just trying to to get into the mode of looking at different shit something I never really thought about before and uh it's philosophy so the study of fundamental nature of knowledge reality and existence especially when considered as an academic discipline a particular system of philosophical thought the study of theoretical basis of a particular branch of knowledge or experience, a theory or attitude held by a person or organization that acts as a guiding principle or behavior. And I'm smart enough to know I'm not smart, right? But when I read the definition for philosophy, that third one was the one that hit. And I'll say it again, a theory or attitude held by a person or organization that acts as a guiding principle for behavior. I think when you say that, that's like the most broken down definition of this definition you can get that's the best breakdown for somebody 
like me. I'm not a scholar. I got a decent degree of common sense. I don't think I'm a fool. I don't think I'm a genius. But when you break it down like that, to me, I understand you say it all the time. Or you hear people say it all the time. But like when you really look at it and somebody said, hey, man, define philosophy. Would you really be able to do it? And for me, this breaks down to rules, code, I won't even say morals because that could be maybe even morals. But basically, like you people you heard in the song, my philosophy is just that's the way I do shit. I do it based on my theories. My theories are based on likely my environment and my experiences that I've had going on throughout my life. The people I've interacted with that, that have shaped the way I think, the things that I've seen, the things that I've happened. Like, I guess my overall diet, like of what's the, I'm going to say intellectual diet. Everything I take in as knowledge is going to shape my philosophy on the world. Like, oh, man, you should be able to run red lights because you never get in car accidents. Maybe there's somebody with a ridiculous philosophy like that, but if it never happens to them, then, you know, whatever. But I, I really want to look this word up because in a roundabout way, to tell a, to tell a long story long, I was actually looking for a new podcast to listen to. Because not only do I do my own, but I'm a big fan of the, I guess, the genre of entertainment. And I noticed I was recently only really listening to one. Because it drops twice a week and it's long as shit, but it's highly entertaining. I'm talking about the Joe Button podcast. And I was like, okay, this, this show is fucking great. I listen to it to and from work, but I need something else. I want something a little different. And Jesus and Mero, the Bodega Boys, ain't that different the bring idiots ain't that different sometimes they're similar sometimes they're not but i was like you know what let me listen to something out of the box so i went to one of my go-to's i went to try to go listen to ear hustle and ear hustle didn't have any new episodes up but the brilliance of the apple the uh apple um ipod app not ipod the apple podcast app that was crazy is that they uh they list related podcasts to it or podcasts from the same uh community or company or group or whatever because podcasting when you get to like the bigger level of shit it's kind of clicky if i can say if i can say that certain podcasts are under one umbrella so your big one is like gimlet media which i think spotify just bought and the one ear hustle was uh, done by radiotopia so beneath that, Ear Hustle, another one of the Radiotopia podcasts was one called The Theory of Everything. And I had never heard of it, but I just went and looked at it. And to be honest, what caught me was the name and then the, um, the, the cover art for the podcast. So I said, you know what? Fuck it. Let me try to listen to this and see what I can get from it to see if I can... If I can get anything from it. Because it's something that I don't ever listen to. I just want to kind of get into it and see what they're talking about. So I checked it out and I liked what I heard. It made me think. It made me think about being, being more intellectual. And diversifying my bonds if I could steal from Wu-Tang and uh, the Dave Chappelle show. And it's like, damn, like I could be really listening to other shit. And it made me think about this intellectuals like philosophers and shit like that. And that's that's what sparked my brain. They had the philosopher Dr. Cornell West on there. 
And I started listening to it. And I'm like, man, this guy's really intelligent. I like what I hear him talk. I like what he has to say. I like his outlook on shit. It makes me think. And I've been a fan of his for a while now. Him, Michael Eric Dyson, and um, Harry Edwards. Just hearing them, hearing them speak and give information and their opinion on different things. And it's like, damn, am I wasting my time? Like, I'm understanding a lot what, a lot of what he's saying. It's like, maybe I should include this more in my diet. Then I started thinking, like, man, I should look up and see if he's on more podcasts or whatever. Just black podcasts that have to do with things like philosophy. Because I just gave you the definition because I wasn't really 100% what it was. I wasn't really 100% sure about what it was. I thought maybe it's a study of thought, thinking, and shit like that. And I felt like I was close but not 100%, and I wanted to hear how black people were thinking. Because I know if I, if I plug in philosophy, whoop-de-whoop on the, on the YouTube or on um, fucking Stitcher or whatever, when I plug that, in, that shit into the podcast app, I'm going to get a lot. I'm going to get a whole lot of white people on there. I know that. It's a given, 100%. But what I wasn't, but what I wasn't expecting was me not being able to really find or easily find any black philosophers on there or minority philosophers in general so now my journey began so that's my that's my new journey to go find some black intellectual shit to listen to much like I went and looked at the Killer Mike show on Netflix something like that something that's by black people and or minorities for us that's going to give us an intellectual look and shit because I feel like we miss that a lot like our kids out here fucked up sometimes Sometimes, not all the time. And they never have that example of somebody in the media or on a who's nationally known, nationally received and appreciated on on the intellectual level. Not just as an escape of like a job or a job title, but maybe a professor. So that's my that's my journey now if it makes sense. I wanna go find some black intellectual shit. And I want to get my noggin knocked around, my brain exercised. And I'm not a big reader like that. Like, I can read. Like, I have no issue reading, but my attention span is short. Like, I'm, you give me an article, I'll destroy the article. I'll, I'll fuck the article up in no time. But I want to start. I want to start with what I love, and I love to hear podcasts. So if I can hear that, I'm highly confident that it will spark my brain to go find somebody's book and read more of what they got to say. And I advise you to do the same. Even if you're not black or minority, go read some black philosophy and get a different outlook on shit because I guarantee it's going to reference back to somebody not black. Guarantee. That's just because that's the way our education is right now. But it's been real. I just want to share that little bit of knowledge with you guys or and or opinion, depending on how you take it. But that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sharpen, I'm gonna sharpen my, sharpen myself up, man. Reach in my little toolbox and fix myself up, and exercise my brain with some new knowledge, information, a new type of entertainment, information. With that being said, I'm gonna go ahead and shut this shit down, man. I'm trying to make me better. You should make yourself better, man. That's what you got to do. First thing you got to do is hit me up, noplanthisrider@gmail.com, noplay247 on Twitter, capital N, lowercase O. Capital P L A Y, no play 247 on Twitter. Hit me up. Man, please be better. Exercise your brain like I'm trying to do. Figure out a way to make yourself better. 
and you will take in that knowledge and push it out and help improve somebody else in life. So make this year your best year till next year. Make your next day your best day to the day after that. Be nice, be kind. Make somebody else smile today. Be easy. One love. Peace.